Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topic is travel in fiction. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the Travelicious, TB Markinson. Hello, TV. Did you enjoy me tripping over your intro there? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say coast. <laughs> I, whenever you say coast, because I don't notice it until I'm listening back when I'm doing the blurb, I'm like, oh, she didn't say coast this time. I thought it was my cute little nickname. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's my Coastalicious co-host. <laughs> there, there you go. That's hard to say. <laughs> How am I doing? Well... Since we just are talking about travel, I just got back from a weekend trip to the beach, so it's kind of a perfect timing for this. So I'm a little more rested than normal, but oddly, it was nice and cool at the ocean back in Mass. It was much hotter, and this weekend, <laughs> this weekend, we have a high of 97 on Saturday and Sunday, and I'm just like dreading it, just mm. absolutely dreading it. That's really hot for this time of year. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ready for it. Like, do you remember back in the day? And I know we're gonna sound like old fogies or whatever, but back in the day when like we had seasons, and it wasn't just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with weird random temperatures. Like it was more of a gradual, more of a gradual spring into summer. Yes. Well, we still do have those in the UK by and large, so that's good. Uh, but I, I, we should say as well, one of the reasons that we are regular listeners might know that we didn't uh, release an episode last week and that is mainly due to travel so we apologize for that but um you were off at the beach and i was off in paris and we just couldn't make it work so uh, so we thought we'd talk about travel so um yeah sorry about that but here we are back again yes we are back again and let me go into what i've been doing all right so miranda and i are getting take two that's our co-write in the pride collection ready for publication uh we Barely made our editing deadline for this one, but um, it has been edited. Um, it should be heading to the ARC team soon, so that's a massive relief because it would have been really embarrassing if we whiffed on the June 1 pre-order since we uh, spearheaded this collection. It would have been really bad showing if we uh, just missed it. So that's that's been causing a lot of stress, but it's you know now we're getting to the um, ARC stage. I mean, it's still stressful because no one's... No one on the art team has read it yet, but, you know, people have read it as it's been going through the stages. So that's good. But the other thing that's causing me a lot of stress right now is prepping for the launch of the Pride Collection. Uh, launches, as you know, generate a lot of stress. Prepping a collection that you've put together to celebrate your website's five-year anniversary um, apparently is very stressful. I didn't realize how stressful this would be. Um, but we're trying to do our best. We've paid for advertising. We're working with other sapphic authors, bloggers, reviewers. We're working with about like 20 plus authors to try and get the word out in newsletters. <laughs> trying to coordinate so many authors along with the authors in the collection and then try to keep my stuff together. I'm, uh, I'm kind of losing my mind, but I am hoping it's a big success. And um, it's something that's very important, especially these days <laughs> with all of the hate that's going around. Like this is a collection to celebrate pride and love is love and it's a good message and so let's hope it works out in audiobook news 
The first season of A London Love Story is live, and this is a fun audio project, because when we wrote A London Love Story, we were picturing, like, a mashup of the L word and Sex in the City, so we were kind of picturing, like, a television show kind of thing, so we hired two narrators to do the voices, because there's an, uh, there's the American side, and then there's the British side, and when we were in P-Town last October for Women's Week, we met up with Lori Prince, who has narrated some of our books, and we met up with Lori at a nice seaside bar where we were sitting outside in the ocean, you could hear it. We met Lori's fiancé, who is also a book narrator, who has a lovely, lovely British accent because um, that's where she's from. Wow, isn't that, so, um, isn't that good? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I asked, I was like, hey, we're working on a project. Have you guys ever, like, narrated together? And they hadn't. And um, Marissa hadn't narrated a sapphic book yet. So this is not only their first collaboration narrating together, but it was Marissa's first sapphic book. So it's a lot of fun. Listeners are really enjoying it. And um, they were such good sports. We asked them if they could provide us, like, funny outtakes and such and so there are some um funny app outtakes that listeners can also listen to i'll drop the link to that in the show notes this is this is funny that's exciting it's the first time i've hired two narrators and then i have like the the american and the british and then of course since they're like fiancés i haven't listened to the um love scenes <laughs> because I don't listen to the audiobooks, but uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping it translates well. Anyways, <laughs> no, I think I think that's um, that sounds great, and uh, yeah, I think I think there'll be an extra special chemistry because you know yes. they are they are real life lovers. Yes, yes, and so so there's that exciting news, and then other exciting news. iHeart Sapphic, the website I've been running for five years, um, hit a milestone this week. It had five hundred thousand hits on the Universal Amazon links. 500, half a million um, clicks on the website. So that's a lot of books going on the e-readers, which has always been the goal for the website. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we've reached over 140 countries now. Excellent. So Can you name um, them all? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do know there are 193 recognized um, nations by the United Nations, but I can't list them all now. So... But we're hitting 140, so we're hitting quite a bit of those. So that's that's exciting, and also to um, not only we're we doing the Pride collection for the five year anniversary, which is this Friday, May 20th. Uh, by the time this goes out, the five year anniversary already passed, but there is a fifty dollar Amazon gift card giveaway. You guys can enter. I'll drop that link into the show notes as well to celebrate our five years. But we're also um, we've just contracted a company. That is going to build us a fancy new website that has a lot more functionality to get even more books onto e-readers. Our main goal is to connect readers with their next favorite sapphic read. We're hoping to launch that new website later this summer, early fall. And then to, to round out my what I've been up to, I went to the beach last weekend to celebrate my birthday, which isn't until tomorrow. <laughs> but... The place I wanted to go to didn't have rooms available, so I was like, okay, I'll go a week early. (laughs) I was amazed the weather cooperated, and we had lovely blue skies, um, a nice gentle breeze. I I sat in a cozy chair 
and I write a book about Winston Churchill during the London Blitz because that's how any sane person who is really stressed out relaxes. I mean, I would say I'd love to come away with you to the beach, but I, I don't know I would. But you know, I I could um I could sit beside you with a lurid coloured cocktail with. A cow- I don't read aloud. <laughs> I won't read aloud. Well, I can barely pronounce words normally, so I'm not gonna be reading the book aloud. But um. Yep, that was my weekend, my birthday weekend away. Excellent. Churchill, London Blitz, and uh, there was a few cocktails to be enjoyed on the beach as well. Good. And you had a relaxing time at the beach, so, you know, water is a soothing, a soothing influence, isn't it? It is. And being a Californian, I always crave going to the ocean when really stressed. So it was the perfect, perfect weekend. How are things on your end? Good. And I should say, I have got a note written down here to say happy birthday. So happy birthday to you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and I keep forgetting because I've already celebrated it, and I, I like pulled off my thing on my one a day, and I was like May May nineteenth. Why does that? Oh, tomorrow's my birthday. <laughs> I'm like, but that's already happened. Yeah, no, uh, the healing power of water, actually, do you know? Um, I wasn't I wasn't uh, stressed today or anything. I just decided after lunch I'd go for a walk because I haven't been for a walk today. I did go for a, a personal training session this morning, um, but I decided to go for a walk after lunch. It's a beautiful day here. Um, it's, when, I, when I went for my personal train this morning, I got absolutely soaked, but turned into blue sky sunshine. I went for a walk along the Thames, and you know when the sunlight just hits the water and it's just glistening and dapply and delicious? And that was really lifted my spirit. So there you go. What do we always say? Go for a walk. Go be in nature, everyone. But apart from that, what have I done uh, this week? Well, I, I, as you said, I was away last week again, so um, it feels like I haven't really been at home lately, but um, I got back this week, and I think last time around, my book had come back from the editor, but I've been avoiding it, so uh, my new, up, my upcoming romance, it's called It Started With a Kiss, but I, then I did go into it, and uh, the editor gave it, by and large, a clean bill of health, so that's good, isn't it? Save for all the usual gubbins, you know beef this bit up um we need more emotion here you know um this could this could be better but uh generally she said it was a great book and she enjoyed it so that was a relief uh tv and i got the cover back so um i i'm going to launch uh, do a cover reveal soon on social media so that's um another thing that was sorted out because that was sort of it was a lot of back and forth with my cover designer um but she's come back with a great cover in the end um, now, also, while I went, so we went to Paris, which I'll tell you a little bit about later, but while we were in Paris to celebrate our anniversary, uh, I said, I gave the book to my first reader and then she came back and said she loved it. So excellent. Always good when you get your first reader coming back saying yes. Um, and you know, she doesn't always say that, like she normally likes what I write, but she's normally, you know, can have some, um, different comments, um, of how to change it or make it better. So, but this one, she didn't have that many comments. So, um, excellent, I thought. So it's gone out to a, a second reader and then it goes out to my art team by the time this goes out. So things are moving forward with it, which is good because this one's been stalled for a while, what with everything that's been going on in my personal life. The weird thing this week, it's been eight months, near eight, eight and a half months since I launched a book. But I've been okay with it because, you know, um, I wasn't actually planning on launching this one until May. So I'm only probably about a month late with everything that's been going on. Not too bad. However, coming back to, th- to doing all the launch shizzle after eight months, I realised that I don't remember how to publish a book. I don't remember a fucking thing, TB. Um, I was trying to work out how to get the book from Wordfile to EPUB 
Could I remember? No. I was opening Book Funnel and I'm like, no, no, they need an EPUB. Okay, how do I normally get it? And I couldn't for the life of me remember that I owned Vellum, which is um, <laughs> which is how I normally get the book from Word to EPUB and Moby. So um, yeah, I've just completely forgotten how to do things. And I even went through my, my checklist, like I've got a publishing checklist and I'm like, mm, yeah, you know, it's just been so long since I launched the book. But I'm sure it will all come back to me. I wrote the blurb today, so that's good, isn't it? It's one thing ticked off the list. Obviously, it will probably change as things go on. But it's good to sort of get back to some kind of routine. And I feel like maybe this is a this is a good thing, right? Just getting back to routine is a good thing, as as we've said uh, before on the change episode. When you say you you, you really really didn't remember Vellum? No. I absolutely forgot I had it. I just could not, honestly, for a good 10 minutes, I couldn't for the life of me work out, how do I get this from a word to EPUB? I just, no, no idea. I was even, even my brain was going back to like, do I use Calibra? Because you remember Calibra back in the day? I never used, like I, I, I used it very rarely. Like I never used it to actually format any of my stuff. But if I got like a, a book in EPUB and I wanted to, make it in Moby, I would use it that way mm. when I was, if someone was like, can you read this for me? Yeah. Um, but I, I do remember, I remember actually recently deleting that um, program from my computer. <laughs> you are. Because I don't use it anymore. You were like, Calibra be gone. Well, you know, because I used to always use Scrivener, right? But now when I, when I give the book to my editor, I, I export it to Word and then I don't go back to Scrivener. So I thought, well, I can't use Scrivener. It's not the right file. <laughs> Anyway, I remembered I had vellum, so that's good. So once this is away to the art team, I then need to turn my attention back to my Christmas novel because that's the next one on the on my revised schedule for the year now because I've got an editing date to hit in July, which I will. Uh, but I went back to the Christmas novel today and I read the first two chapters and I, and I really liked it, so that's good. And it's got 68,000 words, so I think it's missing a couple of chapters, but... Um, so I have to read that, but that's that. I can't really, I remember I got it to a certain stage, but I can't remember. Maybe I'll have to listen back to these podcasts and then I'll re- listen to, <laughs> hear, what, <laughs> hear where I got it to. Because you'd think I'd have written this shit down, but no, no idea where it's up to. I think second, third draft, who knows? But the London Romance. I don't Roma- remember. No, I might, I, I literally, I might have to go back and, and listen to this podcast to see what I said. Um, so that, that's, that's, this podcast is really useful for so many things, isn't it? Um, but yeah, and then after that, the London book will get, next London Romance book will get written, but you know, in time. So like I say, um, we went to Paris for our eighth wedding anniversary, which was um, fabulous. But it does feel like I've been away a lot, like with Jamaica, then my dad's funeral, then lots of family around uh, over from different countries. So they were in London. So it feels like I haven't stopped. So it's, like I said, good to get back to some normality. And the other thing that's happening that will also be finished when this comes out on the 23rd. On the 22nd of May is the final game of the football season TV. I don't know if you've been following it, but obviously I'm a Spurs fan. My wife is an Arsenal yes. fan and we are vying for the final Champions League spot. Um, and it's a very tense household at the moment. I'm not going to lie. Spurs are going into the final game of the season two points ahead of Arsenal. We need to just not lose to Norwich on the last day. I'm hoping we can do that. But but I've been a Tottenham fan long enough to know it's not a done deal. You just need to not lose? Yeah. So if you get a draw, you have enough goals. Yes, we were, I think we've got a 16-goal 
different. Okay. So unless so Arsenal... you have the gold differential in your favor. Yeah. So if Arsenal beat okay. whoever they're playing, I can't remember. Um, seventeen nil, we're doomed. But I can't see that happening. Uh, the last game Arsenal played, I was very surprised by the score. <laughs> so I was like, ooh. I, I imagine Yvonne is very upset, but Claire is also very happy. Well, I, uh, Yvonne was upset at spaghetti, not going to lie. and yeah, um, <laughs> very upset at spaghetti. She was, was she was Trey upset at spaghetti, since they were in Paris. So, je uh, suis <laughs> Trey upset at spaghetti. But, um, yeah, so we, 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 it's a tense household. But, um, uh, yes, ho- hopefully, well, by the time Monday hits, one of us will be happy. Don't know who, which one it will be. Well, also, Liverpool has a big weekend on... Because they, they need, what, Man City to lose and yeah. they need to win? Yeah. Is that the deal? Mm. Yeah, so um, usually it's already a done deal by the time you get this part of the season. Or at least it has been the past few years. But this time it's coming down to the wire, which it's, is kind of exciting. Yes, it's exciting all round. Uh, last relegation spot, last Champions League spot. Who gets the title? Anywho's comments... Up first is Emily Banting, a fellow Suffolk author. I was emailing Emily to help launch the Pride, and she just happened to throw in this comment that I thought was kind of funny that I would share with uh, you and our listeners. Um, Emily said, my 11-year-old son overheard yours and Claire's podcast in the car recently, and you are now referred to as fuck and toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> who's, so who's, there we are. who's fucking who's toot toot that's what I want to know <laughs> well I think I was the one saying fucking you were the one toot tooting I don't know if you were toot tooting the fucking <laughs> but um, also uh, Emily's son is a big Spurs fan and when she was emailing me uh, the Spurs were winning quite a bit and she said you would be very happy so I just thought that was funny mm-hmm. and look at us being such shining examples <laughs> For the youth. Anywho, so um, that's that's how we're impacting some of our listeners. Nice. Uh, we had a comment from Amina who said, Hi, TV. Thank you very much for responding to my previous message. Yes, I did find the old episodes, and I'm now on number seven. Again, Amina listened on the Eurostar. But also, Amina was very happy to share. Amina went to Halifax, the lesbian capital of the world. And it, is this because of Gentleman Jack? Uh... This is a trip I wanted to take since 2019 when General Jack aired on HBO and couldn't because of COVID restrictions. So Amina was finally able to go and had a lovely time. And I'm slightly jealous that um, I am not able to go. I'm not trusting international travel yet at the moment with COVID. That sounds exciting. And isn't Gentleman Jack back on the air? Apparently it is. Season yes. two? Yes. I'm not, a, I'm not. I am a, I'm, waiting for all of come. I know you're not. It's a it's a historical. Hmm. I think you watched the first season and then you got mad because it was a historical and they tricked you into watching it, even though the the costumes not clue you in. <laughs> yes, but lesbians, lesbians. Um, you know, I'll watch anything with lesbians. Um, but yeah, I mean, she strayed around well, didn't she, old Saran Jones? But um, yeah, I I it, I think we watched half the first series and then we bailed. Yeah, but they didn't really hide the fact that it was a historical drama. So they you, didn't. They didn't. But you getting duped was all on your own. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, <laughs> who doesn't like Saran Jones in a in a flouncy flouncy suit and and a cane? Um, I I, I just laugh as well because obviously Halifax, it's it's not a it's not a big town. 
Um, it's not a big place, yet it is now the lesbian capital of the world, thanks to Gentleman Jack um, sort of revealing Anne Lister and her amazingness. So, yeah, well done, Halifax. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know where I was going to go, so I'm just going to move on. Okay, so we also had a comment from Jesse, who has, uh, responded to our What Are You Doing For You this year, and Jesse responded, This year, I'm committed to doing fun hairstyles and colors for myself. Since I recently started working in the emergency room full-time and it's stressful, I'm also trying to read more books that I can enjoy. And hopefully once my nephew is born, I can take time off to go visit my brother and the new baby. So well done you for working in such a stressful environment. And I love your uh, way of combating stress by having fun hairstyles with colors. I love that. And I really hope you get to see your nephew soon. I should also say that we have had a comment in from Zoe, and Zoe, uh, we're not ignoring your comment, we're going to um, have it as a topic uh, for one of the upcoming episodes, so stay tuned. All right, buy us coffee? We have one coffee this week, um, and I'm not sure I'm going to get this name right, but I believe it's Twyla May bought us a coffee and said cheers, so thank you very much. All right, thank you very much, Uh, and if you would like to buy us coffee, go to the website and just do it. So um, this time around we're looking at um, travel in fiction. Um, I think we have sort of covered this topic a little bit before but I thought um, I'd cover it in a couple of different ways this time around and it was inspired because I've just come back from Paris, um, four days in Paris which was formidable as they say in Gay Paris and do you know what we had a fantastic time and it just struck me when I was walking around that I, I really do I really do love um, Paris, and I never used to. I used to, I used to hate it, and now I've completely turned around on my love for Paris. And I think the city is just the architecture is so gorgeous, and it's just crackling with energy, and it's really vibey. Um, and you get great food, great drinks, and there are so it's so sort of there's so much history in the streets. You can feel it, um, and there's so many people living in the city, and I love all the old buildings, and there are so many stories to tell. So I, I did think, should I set something in Paris? And I was just wanted to have a chat about really going going away, being inspired, but also that you can be inspired by going away to places to write as well. Um, but it did it did make me think. Actually, Harper um, Harper Bliss had a whole series, didn't she, in Paris, French Kissing, which is a great title. But yeah, travels to inspire writing is is fabulous. But there's then there's also travelling for writing, which can change up your situation. Shall I just run through the the books that I have been inspired by my travels? Well, before you you do that, I remember the first time we went to Paris. We've been living in London. I don't know half a year to a year. So I was used to living in a city that was older. London goes back a few centuries but I remember the first time when we went to Paris like we flew in late at night and about by the time we got to the hotel like I didn't really see anything it was one of those things where we had to leave after work hours and it's never fun the getting to and from places but I remember the next morning we got up and um it was a lovely day it was a beautiful sunny day I think it was in May and we got outside the hotel and we walked like a couple blocks and I stopped and turned and I said, I feel like I'm walking in a history book. This is the most magical city. And it just has that feel. And I know I know London is also an older city. I'm not I'm not dissing London. But it's just I don't know, Paris just has that really fun historical feel. So I just wanted to say yeah. I, I know what you're 
I know what you're talking about. Yes, I, do you know what I think it is? Uh, walking around, um, like in, all in this, all in all the different arrondissements, the streets are all really, really narrow. And, yes. and in London, you can get narrow streets, but they're not as narrow as the ones in Paris. Because like, it's it's almost like you've. I don't know, it just feels a bit like you're more on top of each other than you are in London. And that, and all the architecture is just so intricate. And yes, London has all that as well. But it's just, they're different vibes, right? Yeah, but it's a it's a fun city and I miss going there. Was the, no, the French Open is not going on while you were there, was it? No. No, no. I don't think it started. Okay, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I know you're a tennis fan. Let's let's talk about first um, being inspired by travels to write fiction. So, um Yes, I have got a series, the London Romance series, which is all set in London, and quite a few of my other um, books are set in London, uh, the All I Want series is, but Twice in a Lifetime was um, the first one uh, set abroad, actually, um, and that was inspired by a trip to Chicago, so um, that is based in Chicago and New York. Yeah, I, I, I love New York as a city, but when I went to Chicago, it became my new favourite American city, and probably still is. So, and it inspired a novel. I do always get inspired by travel, so um, I should probably travel more, right? Yes. Oh my God, I've just had a light bulb moment, TB. And also, my most recent book, Change of Heart, that was inspired by a my trip last uh, summer to the Scottish Highlands, which was just so gorgeous, and I thought, I have to set a book here. So I already had the story, I didn't know where it was going to be set, um, decided to set it there because I was so inspired by the place. Travel can also, you can actually do the travel and be inspired, or you can just be inspired after the fact. So for instance, um, I know I do set a lot of my stories in and around London, but a lot of them have sort of elements of Brighton in them because Brighton's a super gay city and also it's very travelable from London. Uh, and my new book um, that's coming out uh, next month, It Started With A Kiss, is based in Surrey, uh, in a vineyard in Surrey, but also with a splash of Cornwall, because who doesn't love a splash of Cornwall? Um, and But it's all based on, you know, I went to a vineyard in Surrey in November, so your travel doesn't have to be far I suppose is what I'm saying you know I can go to Paris and write a book about that and that's a good excuse to go back right and have a holiday you don't even have to go there you could look it all up on Google so travel can be from your desk these days but I prefer to actually do it Um, uh, but like I said it, it can be just inspired from something you did in your past like nothing to lose based in Yorkshire you're my kind based in the West Country I've been there I've lived there I've done it yeah, I mean, travel and experiences really get our creative brains going. And um, like you, there have been trips I've taken where I'm like, this would make a great story and such. And But I'm a bit, I'm always the hesitant one. <laughs> I'm always the one who, like, you know, has to, like, tippy-toe forward. It took me um, living in Britain for, like, six years before I could write my first story set in Britain. <laughs> Because I was like, it's just, I find it intimidating getting, like, the um, culture right and everything. So, I haven't written one set in Ireland yet, because I keep meaning to go back to Ireland to um, finalize certain details about the story I want to tell. But then COVID's happening, and it's still happening. But, um, yes, travel is a great way. And, And since I'm not traveling internationally these days... But that's one of the thing, One of the reasons I got my car was so I could start scoping out more towns in the New England area and along the coastline to broaden my uh, settings mm. for books. Because you, 
a lot of my books are set in Britain, they're set in, or set in London, they're set in Boston, they're set in Fort Collins, because those are the places I'm really familiar with. But now that I have my car, I can go spend a lot of time, like, um, the book, the Pride novel that's coming out June 1, Take 2, is kind of loosely set, we renamed it, it's kind of loosely set in Shelburne Falls, which is in central Massachusetts. And it's this lovely town. We used it as the setting. And so when I was going on all those drives, like I was going on the same drive like every weekend, it was to go back to Shelburne Falls to get more of a feel for the town. And like, so there's a few mentions, like there's a shop in Shelburne Falls that has this uh, cute black cat. So we have like a shop that has a black cat, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm the one who like, (laughs) I always need like, more research, which is why I'll never write a historical fiction, because <laughs> I would never, I would never feel confident enough to do it. Unless, unless I'm always you, the nervous Nelly. Unless you find a time machine, TB, that would be amazing. I found a time machine. I think I'd be fixing some other stuff in my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, your first thought would be, I know, I can write a historical fiction novel now. <laughs> <la> no, my first would be like, hmm, that was a really bad decision. Let's go erase that. One. <laughs> That's so true. Just just getting out and, and going to places, um, and I was just thinking as well. Of course, uh, one gone summer. The book we wrote was um, was based in Whitstable, and I took you down there, and you got a feel for the place itself. So, yeah, I mean, God, it's so much easier, I think, just to base like you just said. You based your town in in the new book on Shelburne Sh- Falls. Shelburne Falls. Shelburne Falls. Shelburne Falls. Um, it's so much easier to base it on a place, isn't it, than to make one up in your head. And you can do that. And, like, sometimes I take bits of places and then I put them in different places. So, like, uh, in The Long Weekend, I had an amazing, um, beautiful B- uh, B&B. This is back in the times before Airbnb, probably, that we stayed in up north. Um, and then I, I put it um, on a cliff top in Devon. Um, you know, so you can you can take bits of your travels and then merge them with other things. But if you yeah, if you go out and experience the world, you'll you'll be more inspired to write generally. Yes, yes, and it's kind of like when we create characters, like we take bits of things, like people we've met in our travels or or conversations we heard in diners or something like that. With with the settings I choose, I do take like little pieces from here and a little pieces from there, and just kind of cobble together my own fictional city. So it's it's the joy of being a writer. We just make shit up. We absolutely do. There's also, of course, as well, when I was walking around Paris, I was just looking at... Um, it's interesting to look at how books are displayed and perceived and uh, and shown in other countries. And, we, and you can use that to... Uh, as a way to think about reaching more readers. So Paris has a load of really cool bookshops, um, some specialists, um, some not. But it was just interesting going around those. I mean, who doesn't love going around bookshops? We also went around um, a lot of trainer shops as well, because I do love a trainer shop too. So books and trainers, that's my happy place. So books and shoes for the non-British listeners? Books Books and and shoes. 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 I love going into bookshops when I'm in a different city. I do. Well, obviously, I love books. So there's that. But there's there's kind of like a cultural experiment to go into a bookshop. Hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, um, I'd love to have some translations out in French at some point. So, you know, you can imagine your book on those Parisian bookshelves. That'd be pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you imagine your shoes on the shelves? Do you know what? 
Um, I have been designing my own Nikes of late because um, I think I want some new, new shoes and you can design your own now. That's that's where we come with technology. So, but I keep putting... Fart- Nikes? Nikes? Yeah. You call them Nikes? Yeah. Do you call, oh. the, do you call them Nikes? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> See? We're always discovering new things, aren't we, TV? <laughs> yeah, I was watching a, um, a British crime show in the way I can't remember when he was... They were like, oh, the, the shoe print matches um, Adidas, but they said it, how do you, how would you say Adidas shoes? Adidas. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck did he just say? And then I was like, oh, and I just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you guys say it all wrong, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Travel broadens the mind. Um, yes, so um, have you got anything else to um, say on your sort of books and travel-ness? Or, because um, I've, I've just got a final bit about going places to write. Uh, one of the things I came up with when I was thinking of how to answer this question is, as a reader, I came at it from, from a writer perspective and a reader perspective, and as a reader, um, this goes way back to my blogging days when I used to sign up for uh, reading challenges, and one I really enjoyed signing up for each year was to travel the world via books. Um, this won't surprise people who listen regularly. I love learning new things. I love learning new little facts. and when you read about um, different countries that you haven't been to, or even if you have been to, but you don't know very well. So I love these books. Um, They're all fiction, but you know, you still get immersed into their customs and the foods they're eating and how they speak to each other. And I really love it when they include the curse words, but they don't actually translate them because sometimes they put them just in the original. Cause I really love learning a new curse word because I am that mature, but mm. it's not surprising. I do wear t-shirts with cartoons on them every day, <laughs> and I love to learn a new bad word. <laughs> it's probably That's probably why um, my nickname now is Fuck Lady. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you like learning new curse words? Oh, I find it so funny. Uh, I do, yes. And I, I, I did enjoy people swearing around me in Paris because uh, I learned a few when I watched uh, Call My Agent, so... Yeah, and they, they say it so passionately. They and do. um the Swedish curse words, I really enjoy the Swedish curse words. They're just really passionate about it. Yeah. Curse words are awesome. Mm. I heart curse words apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so as a reader I love traveling um in books because, you know, it's expensive to travel all the time. And so it's nice to be able to experience these things from the comfort of my own home especially if there's a lot of big bugs involved or yeah. like scary animals <laughs> yes or international travel well that is kind of scary at the moment which yes. is sad because i used to travel a lot and now i don't travel anymore and i'm just like really hesitant covid ruined a lot of things <laughs> it did no but that's all very true um yeah that you know, I think I think a lot of people uh, experienced that, didn't they, in the first lockdowns? The amount of books people read went up, and I think people did travel via fiction and nonfiction as well. So yeah, um, that's definitely something that people have gotten more and more into. Absolutely. My other thing was uh, traveling for writing, which I love to do, um, change up my situation. I think this is something I'm, I've been lucky enough to be able to do, to be honest, um, because I don't have kids, I don't have pets, so I don't have anybody else to think of. I have a wife. But she's very, very understanding and very amenable to me uh, buggering off to a to a house somewhere else for a week just to just to write. Does she ever be, 
suggest it. Be like, you know, next week would be really great if you like went someplace to write. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't done. That's a, that's a trick. She's been missing, right? <laughs> Um, I'll get her the time machine so she can correct that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, as I said, it is a, um, a luxury I'm able to um, do because I'm at the stage of, of my career now where I have the money to do it and I have the freedom to do it as well. Obviously, I, I love going to Whitstable every year and you've come along with me to that. I'm going to go to Rye, I think, this time around as well, this year. Just um, That's a, another place uh, down in Sussex that I haven't been to. And also, I've just booked to go on another caravan writing retreat. Remember those with a load of MM authors? So that'll be fun, that's in October. Um, and it keeps things fresh and it changes up your environment and it's also inspiring. You know, if you go away with another writer, um, you'll always probably end up chatting about writing. It's, it's inevitable. And then you can learn some things from that, but you'll always be inspired by the change in scenery. And, and I will say one thing, for instance, so when I went away to Whitstable in January, I went away with my friend, Alison, who's an MM writer. And she was telling me about this goatskin goat skin rug that her and her husband bought when they were very first married and how it was one of their biggest mistakes because it really smelt and it's not a good thing to buy. The next conversation in the book I was writing at the time, which is, it started with a kiss, which is coming out in June. Um, I, I had the characters discuss how buying a, a goatskin rug and how it was um, a big mistake. So, you know, just little things can inspire you. What does a goatskin rug look like? Like I picture like rugs like being fluffy. Mm. Do goats have fluffiness? Not really. Or was no. it just was it just like dead skin on the floor? A bit like a like a cowhide rug, I suppose. You know, like you have the cowhide so, rug or the reindeer rugs and things like that. I mean, you know. No, no. I I mean I've seen like animal heads on walls, but I don't know if I've ever seen like a cowhide like bearskin rug. Yes, I've seen some of those, mm. but mm. goatskin and cowhide. Mm. I mean, like. Yeah. I haven't experienced this. This is yeah, I can imagine it's not the most comforting rug to have. No. No, I imagine. But you know, I'd never have included that in a conversation in my book had I not gone away on a writing week with a friend of mine to Whitstable. So, change up your place, people and culture, get different culture and scenery, and you'll always get inspired. Go travel. Go travel, but I'm I'm against this rug thing. It would, <laughs> it would fill me with sadness. <laughs> have a dead goat on my floor. Yeah. <laughs> I think it fills the goats with sadness as well, but, you know, for different reasons. So that's it for this week. Do let us know what you think about um, travel in fiction, either writing it or, or, or as a reader. Let us know what you think. Get in touch on the website, uh, lesbiansyouwrite.com. Email us, lesbiansyouwrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us, and Instagram me, at Clairefic. And we should also do a, a quick housekeeping note that we are going to go to uh, bi-weekly episodes, uh, so for every other week, uh, for the time being, um, because we've just got both got too much on, right? We're upsetty spaghetti about it, but we have to think of our mental health and workload. Yes. So, so yes. So we're we're sticking around, but we're not. We're going to be every other week. So we hope you'll stick with us. And until then, um, next time round, uh, we haven't quite decided on the topic, but I've got three options. So TV's looking excited. Yeah, three whole ones, TV. Next time will be in two weeks' time. Not next week, but the week after. So um, until then, keep writing and stay safe. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. 
Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write, or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.